1: The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point podcast studio, so come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Rogers. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily.
0: Hi, Dave. We're back for another episode.
2: Yeah, it feels like it was just days ago we were talking, um, except your, your background, mine looks the same, yours looks way different.
0: I am finally back in my office. I have my microphone hooked up. My audio is hopefully better. Uh, It'll be Greg Hemmings when he listens to this that he then calls to say, no, Emily, you still need improvements on it or not. (laughs)
2: He's the producer
0: when it comes to
2: that. Yeah, he's the audio expert for sure. I remember having an interview with, I can't remember who it was, but they talked about uh, microphones and uh, and. Man, they went so deep, and I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. So, no. Um, no. Yeah. So, he, so, it's good It's good to have friends that, that are concerned. In fact, he's the one that suggested the mic that I've been using. So, it seems to be working, I think. Well,
0: and I had another friend who actually also works for Hemming's House, who fortunately lives very close to me, come up and set everything up for me. So, shout out to Andrew McCray. Thank you for.
2: <laughs> hey, Andrew. Yeah. And for, for people that, for people that don't, are interested in doing podcasts, it, it, it it's actually, you know, you don't need a lot of equipment to do it, really. Um, and I think sometimes people um, think that a lot more is required. So just for anyone thinking about doing it, you know, it, it, you'd be surprised. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, like really high tech. You can actually, you can actually get into the space with very little technology. Um, it's always good to have help like we have with Genevieve and others. Um, but but I just it's just something I just I never knew. I thought you had to have a studio and all this kind of stuff. Not necessarily the case.
0: Yep. Yeah. Cool. If if you and I can figure it out and yeah. make
2: it happen with yeah.
0: our level of technical mm-hmm. skill, then anybody can do it.
2: Well, remember we we were trying to do them like in person together and have our guests come in and uh and we ended up sitting across the table from each other and like we're it had to be separated. And so it was like, why are we? traveling into one place when it looks like we're in separate places so yeah so yeah no you can do it from anywhere with anyone and and in fact we got uh, a guest in another part of the province today
0: yeah and with that Stephanie Melanson welcome to The Boiling
3: Point thank you so much for for having me I'm so excited
0: yeah, same. So we all know each other because you are also an executive coach with Vision Coaching. So on the roster of coaches. And um yeah, I there's so many things I want to dive into you. I feel like Dave, you're gonna have to like uh really help steer the conversation so I don't get completely sidetracked to all of the things that I just want to talk to Stephanie about.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well I think I think starting by why don't why don't you introduce yourself, Stephanie? Um and um you know because what you do um, beyond coaching is pretty amazing, and uh, I think that our listeners would be really interested in, in you know um, what your 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 other profession is.
3: So I'm a mom of three kids, very active kids, so that keeps me busy. but i' my main career is mostly family physician and uh, I'm also a sports medicine specialist, and I just recently got the news that I can transition to mainly sports medicine as my background and someone will be taking over my family medicine practice which I am very happy of (laughs) and um, I also do a few different things as well in medicine so uh, I do a lot of obstetrics so I deliver babies which is kind of my happy place uh, bringing life into this world so um, that's part of my my main gig I guess and I've recently started doing um, coaching for the last about year or so, uh, which is uh, my new found passion. Um, and I'm trying to help colleagues as well, uh, physician colleagues in that setting, uh, to kind of empower them and help guide them in this kind of challenging times in healthcare.
2: When you like, um, I know we're going to get into this in a bit, but just, you know, kind of what brought you to coaching. Cause it's like, you got a pretty full life as it is, <laughs> um, delivering babies, you know, what is it about sports medicine in, uh, specifically that, that you know, really attracted you? Like, um, and I know you've, you've done some interesting things in, in this, in the realm of sports.
3: So I've always been an avid sports person. I play soccer. I still play volleyball. Um, and I had this kind of interest, but in med school, we're not very exposed to it. So I was lucky enough, uh, when I was doing my last rotation as a clerk, uh, to get a rotation in sports medicine with, uh, Dr. Daniel Dutradri. So he was the orthopedic and sports guru here in Moncton. And it was the Memorial Cup for the Quebec junior, uh, hockey league. And it was being held in Moncton. So I got to do a full month of orthopedics and sports medicine following the team around and that really did grow my passion Um, and afterwards he kind of mentored me through all that and uh, it led me to all sorts of different opportunities uh, that I was mostly mainly able to do while I was on
0: maternity leave (laughs) so it was a bit easier
3: easily managed
0: that way but uh, yeah how old are your kids, Stephanie? Just out of curiosity. So I have a five, a an eight, and a 10-year-old. Okay. And are they involved in sports?
3: Yes. So I have three of them in hockey. Um, they all play soccer in the summer. And my daughter does a bit of dance as well. But if I would let them, they would be in every sports imaginable. But time is, is limited. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like yeah. Uber mom, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh my gosh, it's so busy. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And
0: so, with your sports medicine, then, are you mostly working with like specific teams or individual athletes, elite level athletes? What would your.
3: So, I do a bit of everything. So, I'm associated with the University of Munchen. So, I'm the sports doc for all their uh, sporting teams. Uh, and I need to cover the hockey team as well, the men's hockey team, because it's a contact sport. Uh, but I take care of all their athletes. Um, I also have a half a day week approximately at this point uh, where I see pretty much anything about sports injuries. So there's a few uh, physiotherapists in town. If they send me clients as well, or people can call in and I can see them or other doctors might send me their, their uh, reports as well. And I've multiple times I've taken the lead of uh, chief medical officers for different games. So You need to have your sports med diploma to be able to do that. So that's kind of organizing the whole medical team for the event.
0: Yeah, exciting. And so the FIFA tournament was one of those.
3: Yeah, that was one of my my biggest dream come true. And there's a bit of a funny story behind that. So there was two FIFA events. There was the under 20 uh, Women's FIFA Cup uh, that was coming in 2014 um and knowing this was coming along I applied for that um hosting, I think I was one month postpartum uh, and I saw it pass through my emails. And said, this is my dream job I'm applying for it and that'll be it and uh so I remember I finally I, I got the spot and this was for the 2014 and the 2015 um championship and uh so we we're going up to Montreal for a uh, First meeting conference. And all of a sudden, I come back and I told my husband, I said, I'm tired. I don't know what's going on. It was seven, seven o'clock. I was like, I'm going to bed. And he looks at me and says, I'm pregnant. I was like, I'm not pregnant. We have an eight month old. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> sure enough, a few days later, I was like, well, I'll do a pregnancy desk because he kept on saying that. And I was pregnant. Uh, so this was January and FIFA was end of August. So I was a bit scared of my due date. <laughs> so finally, uh, I managed to do the two weeks of FIFA. I was 36 weeks pregnant at the time. <laughs> so it was a it, it brought a whole whole other set of challenge, but uh, it was definitely worth it. So the 2015 FIFA, um, the women's 2015, was a whole lot easier without that extra weight. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Wow. So you are an example of, yeah, you can, you can do it all.
2: (laughs) I try. (laughs) Wait, like, and so what, what was the learning from that, you know, from a big event and for people that don't know, maybe tell listeners what FIFA is.
3: Uh, FIFA is, um, Oh, what does it stand for? You just got me on on the spot there, Dave. Uh, Federal international football association, I believe. So it's soccer It's the biggest soccer tournament uh, in the world. Um, the men's events may be a bit more broadcast, but the women's event, is it's amazing. Mm. Uh, so um, that brought, I think it was four or five uh, different soccer teams from across the world uh, that were competing in Moncton. Uh, and the way it worked, it was a Canadian championship. So it was all through Canada. So we had Vancouver, Moncton, Toronto, Montreal, and Maybe Ottawa was there at one point and Edmonton as well. So there, it was across city and they would do their kind of championship or their, their round robin at that, at that uh, venue. And then they would move on for uh, semifinals and all that. That was m- mostly held in Montreal and Toronto, I believe. Uh, or maybe Vancouver, I forget. It's been a little while, but um, so yeah. So we had some amazing athletes here in Moncton
2: uh, for that event. I was just thinking, like, in how important it's having these events in in uh, different parts of the world and in, in Canada. You mentioned mountains, so the people that that's in New Brunswick in Atlantic Canada, and um, and and what the you know kind of what it not only exposes athletes to a different region, but also exposes like a whole bunch of professionals to to different opportunities. And it sounds like that was really big for you, and mm-hmm. probably helped you. You know kind of roll into this into sports medicine more i don't know like did it, did it help you see the path more clearly
3: um i think it helped me be a bit more adaptable um because we had we had to to hit fifa standards and it, it was fairly different and i had another uh, there was a chief medical officer from fifa that was um at every venue and uh, my doctor was from Germany, which was uh, very interesting because medicine is not the same in every country. Wow. Um, so our skill sets were different. Yeah. Uh, so I think it, it was such an opportunity to learn how they would work over there and and to work with them as well. I think the main lesson is to be flexible in your thinking and to be open and listen to uh, other people's uh, thoughts and ideas and to kind of brainstorm together and figure out what's the best um,
2: possible solution for
3: for for that
2: position. It seems like such a natural segue to, to talk about coaching. I was just <laughs> gonna say yeah I'm like
0: oh, no wonder you're a phenomenal coach. <laughs> <laughs> well
2: no and, and, and just on that, I was just thinking like you know you're talking about collaboration and you know um, and coming to solutions together and that sort of thing. And, and maybe this is this is totally unfair of me to say this, but i I wouldn't think that um, physicians are naturally inclined to be that way um, and I, I'm saying that with no evidence of that, but a, bit, a lot of times you know there's there's professions where you know it's um, I, you know and we've we've done a lot of work with healthcare leaders over the years and and you know that's a that's such a great thing to have and it's not always present you know in the, the training you may have got. Um, you know, to get to, you know, where your chief medical officer, does that, does that make sense?
3: I would say it totally makes sense. Um, in med school, we barely had any leadership training. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of people would grow on their, um, on their own and, and figure things out. And it, everyone had their own style uh, mm-hmm. of, of leading or or getting all that information, I think being a family doctor is kind of natural for us because we always have the input of specialists, the input of patients. So I think it's a bit more natural for us to do that. Uh, But certain specialties um, are maybe a bit more direct
0: uh, than others. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I can definitely see that. And so for you then how, like, where does, coaching and the career of coaching then enter into everything that you are doing? How did you come across the coaching world?
3: Um, I, it mostly started with reading books. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is like a, just a new concept of, of bringing things on. And uh, in my practice at one point, I noticed a lot of women, professional women mostly, Uh, in my age range, so with little kids that were just struggling with life. Mm. And they didn't have necessarily any diagnosis or any issues. It's just the pressures of society and the pressure to be a full-time mom and be extremely present for your kids and being an extremely uh, productive employee as well. It, It was just, it was too much for them. And often it was out of those discussion and just giving them permission to take care of themselves and to carve time in their agenda just for their own health, um, that really did a big difference. And uh, when I saw them back in follow up a month later, it, they were shining. And I just like bringing a light into any anybody else's life, so uh, I really enjoyed empowering them. So that's when I started looking more a bit more seriously into coaching.
2: So it was almost like a natural kind of evolution for you, where you're you're. That's it's so interesting because you would you would see people, in you know, uh, would express maybe on the outside looking like they got everything pulled together, and then you're seeing them in in, in your office and rec, you know, and they're they have they maybe feel safe enough to to disclose like yeah I'm not doing as well as I could be, and you <laughs> see it enough that you thought because I'm just thinking you had coaching skills um, and become a credential coach like you have. Um, you know, and, and how much, how, how valuable that would be. Like I'm just mad. I'm remembering times I went in to see physicians, and I to, you know, family physicians, and this is going back quite a ways, but, you know, it was a certain topic I'm trying to, you know, get, get into and, and just, I just didn't always feel, uh, hurt and, mm-hmm. and understood. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, and maybe I wasn't expressing myself the right way, but certainly I didn't feel like I had someone who was, you know, kind of listening the way I would expect a coach would listen.
3: I guess it comes from personal style as well. Um, and there's also question of mindset. So when are you coming in? What did that doctor do previously? So sometimes that can be a bit of a challenge because um, sometimes we're running from treating a baby to treating a cancer patient or giving a bad diagnosis. So sometimes we're not as receptive. So I can see sometimes it does happen and I'm sure it happens to me as well. Um, but I find mostly it's asking the right questions because they don't come in saying, I can't handle all of this. They're coming in and they're saying, I'm tired <laughs> or I can't sleep. And they're like, okay, well, let's see what's going on. And then when you dive a bit deeper, that's when you really get to the root of the, of the issue. So it's, I think it's, it's being receptive and asking the right questions as
2: well. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko.
1: And I'm Tara Sands.
0: Yeah. And in the coaching world, like what I kind of hear from here in that is that we talk about the coaching presence and how as coaches, we need to prepare ourselves to go into each coaching call in full service of the client. And sometimes that does require letting go of whatever just happened in our day or our moment or with the previous um, client. And yeah, for you of whether you are giving really sad news to a patient or you're like that you're just constantly having to switch so quickly and in coaching clients in healthcare and in like physicians and realizing how quick that transition needs to happen. Yeah,
3: that's correct. And I, I think with time and experience, we get to kind of switch a bit faster as well. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a huge learning curve.
2: Well, so, so you went to, um, did you go to railroads University? I've forgotten Stephanie.
3: No, um, I did my, my coaching certification through Canadian Academy, uh, Canadian Coach Academy.
2: Okay, um, so on, on, on top of everything else you have, three kids, busy kids, uh, family practice, you know, actually sports medicine, we decided to do this. Um, What, uh, I guess, for you, what was the biggest learning, you know, after getting, you know, your coaching education?
3: I think my biggest learning was being comfortable about being vulnerable with myself. Mm. I think that was mostly it. Mm -hmm. Um, As a physician, you kind of put your feelings aside and you just go about your day and the patient comes first and you're always kind of the last coming in. So I think it was mostly it was it was all the process of learning to being to be a coach. You had to be vulnerable and go look into really deep dive inside of how does my mind work <laughs> and how can I make it better? I think that was my biggest challenge, but also my biggest learning curve.
2: And, and it's a never ending journey, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like like on, the, on the coaching front, what I found, I think we've talked about this before, is um you know I, I actually i think emily you and i were chatting about this you know not in a podcast but just offline but you know like when you meet that client and they you know and you're encouraging them in an area of the life and you know they're going for they're being courageous and then you get off the call and you go am i doing that am i, am I pushing myself in the same way like what's the work i got to do and it's like oh gosh I, I gotta i gotta figure this one out because how can i you know like how how can i be credible if i'm not willing to do the same work um so, so what's interesting is, is what you, is as, as you're discussing that or, you know, kind of unraveling that, like you're, it sounds to me like that's not really present in, in, in how you learn to be a physician. Um, and then, so it's almost kind of a, a new learning for you and, a, and a discovery of like, how do I, you know, how do I integrate that in, you know, in my practice? Like what's that, what's that been like? Cause that, that would be, that would be a little bit unnerving, I would think.
3: Yes. So it, I would say it happens a bit more with my colleagues. So I'm learning to be a bit more vulnerable with my colleagues. With my patients, not always as much, just because we still need to have kind of that distance. Right. Um, so I find, I find it a bit more challenging. I would say maybe adults close to my age, close to my situation, I would easily divulge, say it's not always easy. We've been through struggles as well. You kind of need to learn. So then I have no issues doing it, but I don't really like being too vulnerable with my patients. They expect mm-hmm. me to come up with the answers <laughs> and the action plan. So I need to be careful, but um, I've, I've learned to be way more vulnerable with my colleagues.
2: Okay. That makes sense. And I was just going to, that's interesting you bring that up because there is a line there where, you know, when people might not be expecting that and that they might, you know, as a patient, they might find that, um, you know, unnerving <laughs> as a patient to say, oh, I mean, you don't know, Dr. Melanson, exactly what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: What would you say, Stephanie? And I think, like, both as a physician and then also as a mom, have been the biggest benefits or takeaways for you not even as a coach but as a client of coaching
3: oh that's a good that's a really good question uh, Emily
0: thank you thank you (laughs) yes
3: I I think my biggest uh learning would be being present um as a busy mom busy physician uh there's always something on my mind and sometimes the kids speak to me and I'm like, what were you, were you talking? <laughs> I was just thinking about something else. So it's, it's really taking time to be present and to really listen and to be there with them. Uh, so I, I'm trying to stop multitasking. so."
0: Well, and it's funny how like, and I think especially maybe as um, for moms, that it's kind of like a badge of honor to be a good multitasker. And, you know, I kind of, I wouldn't say grew up, but thought for a long time of the more I can do, the better, the more I can multitask, the better. But then it's like, no, when you get, there was, uh, you know, one story of, I was over at my sister's. And my nephew was like, Auntie Emma, do you want to play Lego? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And so meanwhile, I have all these things also going on in my head that I was trying to prepare for, for work things. And so I'm sitting there playing Lego, but my phone is dinging and emails are popping and I'm looking at them. And he was like, Auntie Emma, like, you said you were going to play Lego with me. And I'm like, I am playing Lego with you. And he's like, no, you're not. You're on your phone. And I was like, oh, you called me out. And yeah, that thing about being present. And so for you, whatever it is that you feel like sharing, what are some like practices that you have found helpful to be able to show up present?
3: Well, I think you, you brought up great examples, leaving the phone away. Mm. So I think that's the first thing. So we try to put it on the counter and not really pay attention to it. Um, and thankfully I have an iWatch so, most of the time I lose my phone, but I can find the back. <laughs> right. Um, and one of the things that I find really helps is doing little family vacations. So, just getting away. Uh, one of our favorite places, we have a little tiny cottage uh, in Grandig, which is a coastal town where I grew up. And there's no internet, there's no TV, <laughs> there's basically just us. <laughs> and the beach so uh we get there and we just spend time in family and we try different activities and we play outside and there's kind of nowhere to hide there's no technology present
2: so yeah
3: that's our little savior
0: and then as a physician what would be your biggest
3: takeaway from coaching oh that's a good question um I think it's organization mostly Um, because as being a physician, the demand of our, on our time is exponential. Mm -hmm. And maybe the best thing about protecting that time is saying no. I think that was one of my best learning. Uh, We've, we're often being either voluntold uh, or being asked to sit on different committees and different things. And at one point, there's just so many hours in a day. So uh, learning how to say no properly um is one of my biggest takeaways and to kind of diverge that towards I'm trying to lift other women up as they're not always um thought of as first. So I'd say, well thanks for that opportunity. It doesn't work with my schedule right now, but I would recommend Dr. such and so uh mm. to see if they would uh they would enjoy going in for that position. So I think that would be my most Takeaways as a physician, per se.
2: What it, it, we we talked to uh, um, a colleague, one of your colleagues from Nova Scotia, Nicole, uh, who's also a coach and and a physician as well. And one of the questions we were asking her is just like in in the in healthcare, you know, what what are leaders up against right now? What are you noticing, whether it's physicians or, or, or physicians or healthcare leaders, like some of the things that maybe the public wouldn't quite understand.
3: So I think first and foremost is burnout is one of the main topics and that's really affecting um, atmosphere at work. Um, The other thing is staff shortages. Uh, That's one big challenge and the constant adaptivity that we need to do uh, especially since COVID like things were changing on a daily basis like we would do A, B, and C. And then the next day we'd get an email and say, no, you need to do X, Y, and Z. We're like, okay, where are we? And just keeping up with all the changes were quite difficult. Um, I think uh, mo- those would be the, the most. Uh, burnout is a huge issue at this point on every level of healthcare. Um, and that comes back from staff shortages as well, but also just that mental fatigue of, Having to adapt constantly, yeah, they have quite a lot of challenges
2: coming up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I feel like um, we've we've seen a big uptake in uptick in um, in position uh, and healthcare leaders, um, you know, getting coaching support uh, mm-hmm. in the last few years, um, which has been great, and, and it's just it's almost it almost to me it feels like it's it's just a coaching seems to be more credible solution and support mechanism um you know for these leaders than it would have like ten years ago when we were first knocking on the door uh any thoughts around if that's if that's accurate if that that feeling's accurate and, and what may have, if it is what may have caused it to be you know people leaning on coaching more than they would have in in the past
3: i think People are a bit more aware of kind of the lack of training we have in, in, in leadership. And uh, there's a bit less mentoring going on, uh, especially that they changed the way the system is made and it, it's regional. So I'm in the French side of the program and we go from Moncton all the way up to Edmonston. So having kind of mentors and sponsors is happening a bit less than when it was just like where we were a small family and we were we knew everyone and that the person that was picking up the leadership role, well, they had the person that was exiting it that they could knock on their door and say, well, I'm having such and such issue and where should I go from there? So I think the fact that the the help regions kind of change, I think that's one of the factors probably going on. And I think people are looking for a bit more support because we get tapped on the shoulder and say, it's your turn to be the leader. It's your turn to be chief. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't know what I'm doing. And sometimes we get that done fairly early. So I remember I was within my two first years of of medical practice, and I got tapped on the shoulder saying, hey, you want to be the head of of family med? And I was like, "Um, I'm not sure. (laughs) I had always been involved in some leadership roles but I was like I'm not sure what this entails (laughs) and finally I kind of got convinced and it was one of the best opportunities I ever had but I had two great mentors right next to me uh, that were kind of helping me through guiding me through what I had to do and and if I was hit with challenge um, challenging situations they would support me and and assist me with uh, with meeting doctors that were 10 years older than me that we're having issues and so I was really fortunate to have that support around me and I think coaching that's what it it brings and it brings also that uh, safe space so that you can be honest and really evolve from from what's going on
0: yeah yeah and how many fields of work how many professions there are that You're then put into this career and that leadership component or the business management or the entrepreneurial skills just aren't there. Like I look at, yeah, physicians, people in healthcare, Mm -hmm. dentists, like just other careers that you're then, oh, it's like, I've also got to run the business on top of this. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, how, and having the courage to be able to then reach out for help with it.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: So how do you juggle it all?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think most of it is I am a bit hyper, high energy. So that definitely helps. Uh, I certainly have a great partner uh, that helps manage, especially the sports with the kids and and household chores and all that. And um, I have a wonderful cleaning lady. She's a savior. (laughs) And that's the best investment I've ever made. And luckily enough, we have great family around us that are, they're just always ready to to help and support. So I think that really manages it. But I think it's mostly energy, and I'm I'm very driven to make a difference and uh, empower others and lift them up. And I think that gives me more energy. Um, yeah. So the com- combination of a lot of things.
2: There's yeah. a how, how you yeah like and, and and I'm hearing that is all through this and in, in how you interact with your patients and how you interact with your colleagues you know you know athletes is that that want that purpose of wanting to support them you know being the best they can be uh sounds like it's kind of part of your dna and and have you always been like that or is this like a a new wrinkle or what what's
3: um i i think most of my adult life I've, i've been like that but actually thinking back yeah mostly my my sports career i would mentor the younger players and kind of help them through and I did a bit of coaching when I was younger and had a bit more time and uh, I remember uh, switching positions and learning new skills on the on the field as someone was more comfortable in the position I used to play and I'm like yeah fine I'll try something else and go from there and so yeah I think it, it, it kind of was in my DNA uh, I just never thought that back that far back
2: well, you know what I find amazing about sports is, um, and, and it's, you, you really see it with, with uh, you know, like friends playing sports or kids playing, you know, your kids playing sports is just how much you learn about life, you I know, from sport, and um, and just so you going reflecting on, actually, yeah, when I played, I was okay because not every athlete w- wants to switch positions or they want to play on mm-hmm. particular one with a particular individual or, you know, all these sorts of things and. And, uh, you know, which will probably shape, you know, how they are when they're older and, you know, you were already had this kind of collaborative kind of let's, you know, team oriented approach. It sounds like. Um, and it's, and I find it, you know, and it's all the ups and the downs that go alongside of it is it's, it's quite incredible.
3: Yeah. and I mean, it served me well as well. I remember hurting my shoulder at volleyball and I couldn't be a a power hater anymore so I switched to being a setter. And so it was easy to switch because I had played most positions growing up anyways. <laughs> so it yeah. permitted me to play longer and I'm still playing today. So can't complain.
0: <laughs> and, and being able to um, like remove the sport and then look at the, well, what was the skill set that I had that really made me be good in this sport or excel in this sport? And then how can you take those skill sets and apply it to other aspects of life?
3: Well, I think for me personally, I've always been a team uh, player and learning how to to collaborate in that team setting in, in the sports really did help me as a physician. And that kind of adaptivity it helped me a lot during learning of being a doctor as well because we would switch rotations every four weeks and learning a new specialty and and also being able to adapt to different personalities Uh, Mm -hmm. because as a learner you had to kind of please the boss and that was our our main goal but your boss switched every four weeks and sometimes they switched on a daily basis (laughs) depending on the rotation you were on so I think that flexibility and being able to adapt easily was one of the the best learnings that I got from sports but also being able to be that team player and to have open discussions and saying okay we're, we're having a challenge this isn't going our way because there's ups and downs and everybody enjoys the ups but it's what do you do when you're in that down position so wow. how do you kind of bring your team rally your team figure out what's our strategy moving forward um, I think that's what really helped me transition as a leader Uh, Mostly as a leader, but as a physician as well.
0: I love that so much. You speaking to that. It um, one of the keynotes I recently gave spoke. I spoke a lot about that and that, like Mm -hmm. around the team sports. And yeah, you put all of these people together who are so skilled and so good at what they do. And but then you also have human dynamics. (laughs) And how does human dynamics play into it? And whether it is a sports team your family, uh your an organization that like you don't have that human dynamic kind of under control and know how to deal with that well the team is only as good as like if you yeah like it just it it can in, it can either yeah make you excel or completely make it flop. Um and yeah like learning how to navigate that navigating the lows and um uh, yeah
3: and i also use that strategies with my kids sometimes <laughs> they're the point where they understand more more and more so i sit them down with them and said this isn't working anymore we need to figure out a solution what would work <laughs> and it's i find i find it endearing that they, they find solutions and yeah. when they come up with their solutions, they adhere to it as well so that's uh, one one of the takeaways I take into the family life as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it I do find it a little harder to to be coach like around my children for whatever reason. Like you, know, um, so you really, I try to pick my spots um, because you know you're emotionally invested, and it's it's much easier to be with someone who you you know you you care about the outcome and them being successful, but you're not as you know connected to it, and it's just it's hard to sometimes se- separate. So good for you. To be able to do that uh so for people listening to this and wanting to learn more about you stephanie what where would they learn where i mean i know a couple one place they can go to visioncoachinginc.com and there's a roster of coaches and you can see stephanie's bio where else would they be able to reach you and and uh you know if someone else out there's um in sports med or a physician or a healthcare leader or someone wanting to be coached by you or whatever or someone wanting to learn coaching skills how could they connect with you and learn more about you
3: Um, My LinkedIn profile would probably be the the best place to connect. I am in the process of building a website. (laughs) Just lack of time, it has gone down a bit on my priority list, but it should be up uh, in the next few months. Uh, So LinkedIn profile, um, hospital profile, you can get my my, um, family medicine office number as well, where I can certainly be uh, contacted on, or as you mentioned, the vision uh, website.
2: Awesome. so appreciate you sharing your story and um just learning more about you know how you how you came to coaching and um it's really interesting that you know that just how much sounds like it was built from early age and you know you just kind of grew it and built built on you know being an athlete and being a student and being a a physician and, and it just seems like a natural progression so to hear where you're at now makes it makes so much sense but um it's kind of like connecting the dots looking backwards is what kind of comes to mind
3: thank you it was it was was a pleasure uh to be here with you guys and I really really enjoyed myself
0: yeah look forward to more conversations with you Stephanie and so Dave we do takeaways at the Mm -hmm. end of every episode what is your big takeaway from today
2: I like I like Stephanie. I love what you shared around uh, you know what do you do with the lows you know when it's easy it's easy to take the highs but how do you handle the lows and I just think that's where you really see character you know and you and and uh, it's just a good reminder uh, and it's in life right And we were talking about sports but just you know unfortunately not every day's uh, you know is is the, as much as we like to uh, would love to have it this way there's there's ups and downs in life and. I like, I like that. I think that's a really good reminder. So thank you for that. That's my takeaway, Emily. What about you?
0: Mine would be, I think around, uh, just the power of saying no, Mm. how we can, you know, naturally. And I mean, myself, absolutely want to take on all these things and do all these things and help out all these people. Um, but at what point do I need to step back? And I actually just did this yesterday, but this makes me kind of even want to dive even more into this of, yeah, what does need to be removed from my plate? And that's not necessarily meaning that I'm removing it forever, but maybe just for the season and being more intentional about where I do really focus my time too.
2: Awesome. I'm, I'm curious for what you said no to for another discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh but I, I really uh yeah, appreciate you you coming on and, and sharing your wisdom, Stephanie, and and a perspective that that um I think just is really helpful for people to hear, you know, especially that kind of with a physician hat on and saying, you know, here's here's how coaching can be integrated. I just think it's it's really uh so cool to learn how you're doing that and your kind of unique way of doing it. So many thanks
0: yeah yeah Stephanie, you've left me uh inspired and encouraged, and it's like just that like yeah, you can do so many different things like for you, like you can be a mom, you can be a wife, you can be a physician, you can be an athlete, you can be a coach, and you make it all work, and you do it so beautifully and just fully show up and yeah, this has been a really great conversation, so thank you.,
3: well, thank you very much. I really did appreciate my time with both of you.
0: All right, <laughs>
1: Yeah. So we're going to tell everybody where uh, they can find your uh, interview, Stephanie. So best place is head to our website, boilingpointpodcast.com. We will post it out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. uh, And we also post the video version on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, the podcast version is available on all of the popular podcast platforms.
3: Thank you. And have a nice afternoon you
0: too thank you
1: bye bye thanks for listening to the boiling point podcast remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform to find out more head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com you can connect with us on linkedin facebook and twitter to find out more about dave vale's work head over to visioncoachinginc.com Thanks for listening and make sure to check out our next conversation.